This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're on Saturday Magazine with very proud Nevena and Macca. We've got a wonderful guest on the line with us, Macca. Who is it? We have. We have uh, Rachel Payne, the recently elected Upper House MP for Legalise Cannabis Victoria. Good morning, Rachel, and thank you for talking with us. I know you've got a bit of a bit of a throat today and Rachel made the right decision not to come in but to do it on the phone. So thank you, Rachel. Has, has thanks, th- Macca. Thanks, Macca. Thanks, Nevena. And thank you for letting me phone in. I it's, wish I could be there in person. Look, it's cool. How's, how's the throat going? Is it getting better? Not too bad. I think um, just the, the shock of... The the rat race that is Parliament has finally caught up with me. So, wow. <laughs> Rachel, what's shocking you? Uh, I just think that I thought, oh, you know, I, I can handle this, but I don't think anyone can be prepared for the amount of information resources, uh, you know, amazing meetings that you continue to have each day, and just the level of enthusiasm that you bring into the role and. And, and how you just have to try and maintain that. So I'm excited to um, to be there, but it's also catching up with me a little bit, I think. And thank you for being so honest about that. I think so mm. many people mm. try and put on a face that, oh, we just take it in our stride. We do our work. Mm. We want to do this as MPs, but there is a real toll to it. And I think the more we acknowledge it, yeah. the more we name it, we can be really honest about it. But Rachel, mm. you have just landed in Parliament and we're already hearing yeah. that looks like medicinal cannabis driving reform could potentially progress in Victoria. Can you tell us what's happening at the moment Mm. and what needs to change? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Road Safety Amendment Medicinal Cannabis Bill that we put up uh, in the second sitting week of Parliament uh, goes to to debate on Wednesday the 8th of March, so this Wednesday coming. Uh, I'll be leading that debate, which I'm very excited to be doing on International Women's Day, my first day, my first debate in Parliament. So very, very cathartic for me. Um, But we did see that the Premier came out with some really supportive comments and uh, what we have really reiterated in this space is that all we're asking is for medicinal cannabis patients to be treated like any other patient on prescription medication. So we know that uh, currently any sort of roadside drug testing, it, if it finds traces of THC in your system, it's an automatic uh, court date and often a loss of licence. It's not based on if the driver is impaired or if the driver is prescribed medicinally. Um, and we know with conversations through um, having conversations with doctors that they are the ones that give the patient the information on how they should be consuming their medication mm-hmm. and the effects of that medication. So we, we sort of just, uh, all we're asking is, is a really sensible um, change to the road safety amendment bill that would see medicinal patients that are consuming cannabis treated like everyone else. How do you think, Rachel, I mean, we, we accept as a community uh, the drink driving legislation, 0.05, mm. and, mm-hmm. you know, that that has set, this is the level of impairment uh, yeah. that will allow you to drive a motor vehicle with. With mm. uh, medical cannabis, a um, mm. couple of things, there isn't a level of impairment. It's the presence of it in the system. And, mm. you know, I have to ask, well, why can't there be 
a level of impairment that you know mm. the medical world can agree and the government can agree with, or am I barking up the wrong tree there? <laughs> What's happening in and other think, places of the world, yeah. Rachel? Talk us through their legislation, the best yeah. practice. Well, and, in, and Tasmania has surprisingly been the leader in Australia with legislation around this space where if you are, if you are prescribed a medicinal cannabis, like any other prescribed medication, you have a medical defence. So, um, and currently, um, police do have the ability to uh, book people if they're impaired. It's quite evident when a driver is impaired um, and we assume that um, that's sort of some of the questions that I have been asking the police. Um, with other medications, you must obviously have a level of testing that you do that measures impairment levels. Um, and obviously with other medications, if a, if a patient is taking their medication as prescribed by their doctor, um, they wouldn't be impaired when they're on the road. So we do know that there's sort of positions in place, uh, but we do we do know that in Tasmania and in, in other parts of the world, if you are medicinally prescribed and you're not impaired, then you're safe to drive. Um, a doctor would advise you on, on when to take your medication and when mm. you would be safe to drive. And we know that most medicinal cannabis patients are taking their medication at night. Yeah. We know that a lot of medicinal cannabis patients are taking their medication to allow them to sleep. Um, I would think that you would be much more impaired being on the road if you were tired and lacking sleep than if you actually had a good night's sleep and woke up refreshed. Rachel, often the community is uh, sometimes ahead of our parliament. Can you tell us mm. if you're hearing anything on the ground from how people are feeling about this? Because as you're saying, this is just mm. a small common sense reform. Exactly. And I think um, what really stood out to me was conversations with uh, one of the experts and, and um, Dr. Karen Hitchcock is someone who has worked in the space of medicinal cannabis for a long time. And you know, for her, she's working directly with patients who are really seeing benefit from using medicinal cannabis, but are then choosing not to use that medication because they do fear losing their license. So they're going back onto their opioid-based medications that they've had issues with in the past, whether it be around um, how it's made them feel in a mental health space or how it's made their, their medication interact with their body, um, simply because it's safer for them legally um, maybe not safer in 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 their in their um, in how they're operating mm -hmm. as a person, but mm -hmm. definitely safer for them legally and how they're driving. And we do. I have a lot of stories of people coming to me where they're saying, "Look, I really I'm finding this medication is really working, but I don't want to risk. I need to go to work. I need my job." So um, yeah, I think that the common person either know someone that's using medicinal cannabis or would like to know um, how to use it themselves or maybe does actually access medicinal cannabis and has found that it has been something that has been really viable, um, has been a, a helpful medication and, yeah, there's just this fear there that uh, if they do get tested on a roadside drug test, what would happen? Do you think, uh, Rachel, you know, the, the makeup of the upper house... Um, mm. and I'll make some assumptions here. Uh, yeah. Let's assume that uh, the government ultimately decides it can support this mm. and, you know, there's the, the, the crossbench that are going mm. to, you know, be the decider in this. Do you think mm. there are sufficient numbers? 
Look, I think that there is support amongst the crossbench for reform in this space because it is quite sensible. Mm. So the Greens, we know, would be supportive of this legislation, as would animal justice. Um, and we have Liberal Democrats who are uh, very supportive of yeah. harm minimisation approaches. Um, and, um, and even uh, Ricky Lee from... Uh, Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party has shown interest in being supportive of cannabis law reform. So um, I I wouldn't know her position directly on that, but I do feel as though uh, in the conversations that I've had already, people can see that this is a a minor amendment that would Mm. impact um, a small cohort of people that allow them to um, access medication uh, and there'd be no barrier to accessing that medication anymore. So um, Victoria led the way in 2016 by legalising medicinal cannabis, and I think we can lead the way again by yeah. rectifying the driving laws. Yeah, I mean, you can legally use medical cannabis. You just can't uh, drive, That's right. drive <laughs> afterwards. So. <laughs> drive a That's car. That's right, yeah. It's a very bizarre and, um, medical. I most, yeah, and I dare say most doctors would say don't drive directly after having your medication. Mm. Um, medication is currently labelled. I've seen medicinal cannabis uh, uh, tinctures or oils, uh, even flour with a sticker warning label on that talking about impairment or when it is safe to consume. So, uh, you know, the, both doctors and pharmacists that are prescribing this medication are, are very well versed in that. And I do believe that um, there has also been national guidelines for fitness to drive where doctors are quite well versed in um, providing that advice on driving and impairment. What a novel concept to follow the medical advice. And the evidence. The evidence. <laughs> do, we, do we know, Rachel, uh, you, mm. what the Chief Health Officer's view is? Does, does uh, Brett Sutton have a view? Do you know? Haven't, haven't had a chance to chat with Brett yet, but I do hope that we can um, form sort of working relationships in that space sometime this week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be interested because he likes a bit of evidence too. <laughs> That's right, and, and, and that's sort of how we've approached this is that, um, you know, the evidence is clear and, and obviously there is more evidence coming to light about the impact of medicinal cannabis and your ability to drive. And you mentioned the 0.05 yeah. um, number around alcohol consumption and, and there is starting to, um, there's, there's, there is information being produced that shows that, uh, you know, levels of impairment around medicinal cannabis may be even less than a 0.05 reading um, if you were to compare it to alcohol yeah. impairment. Well, that's, mm. a good, that's a, a good start because I think the 0.05 law, people, yeah. the overwhelming majority of people accept it other than those who don't. Obviously, <laughs> the small a, minority. A small minority. Any other communities <laughs> accept it. This is the level of impairment. It's not okay to drink and drive. Yeah, changing exactly. people's view, changing government view to say, okay, yeah. this is, you know, we've legalised medical cannabis. You need, you know, we need to actually allow you to drive a car. So we need to set a level. I think yeah. Um, yeah. that then makes the law. People respect the law because currently they go, oh well, you know, it's illegal. It's it's illegal, and you know the yeah. law says it's wrong. But am I actually impaired? Yeah. You know, as opposed to yeah. someone that's you know, close to 0.05, they're impaired. Absolutely, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and we know that, uh, you know, cannabis has a lower harm profile than a lot of the other medications. And you and I, Maka, have talked about mm. opioid-based pain medications and concerns there. So I would love to see more people accessing medicinal cannabis safely and being able to have that option mm. to just get themselves around and have their agency back. 
You get no argument here. No, Rachel, we're all on your side. Thank you so much for joining us today with that sore throat of yours. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your advocacy. And thank you for keeping us updated on this important reform. It's a pleasure to have you on Saturday Magazine again. And we look forward to having you on again real soon. Thanks, Rachel. Most definitely. In person next time. I look forward to it. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, Macca and Nevena. Coming up, Senator Dean Smith. Uh, coming to us from WA, it's actually about 7.30 there. I wonder if he's out of his jammies yet. What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, let's not think that far. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.